0: Welcome to the Chief Wellbeing Officer Podcast. I'm Stephen McGregor. This is episode 38, The Mindful Entrepreneur with Multicron. So welcome back. It's been a a little bit later than planned, and I do know that I owe you one episode from Q1, uh, and this is the start of, of the Q2 theme of starting up. Uh, more on that in, in a moment. You know, I think... Um, Maybe just coming up against some checks and balances with organisations, maybe that's a good thing, right? We had a third organisation lined up in this great, um, you know, really happy with the Q1 theme of thriving business. So we started with Arla Foods, with Klaus Flensborg, and then we went to L'Oreal with Ronnie Kelders. uh, And then we had another organisation lined up, and hopefully we were trying to get that in also by the end of March, and we didn't quite manage that for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're talking a lot more with official PR and comms um, function within big organizations. And, and we are so, you know, privileged to have some some really senior guests on the show. So, you know, that's part of the business world today. And, and, and I think maybe that's indicative of the growth of the podcast in, in the last few years. So that's fine. and And I'm still very hopeful that we will get that that final uh, episode in the Thriving Business theme, uh, and that will come a little bit later. It's probably going to be sandwiched between the end of this Q2 theme and the start of Q3, whenever that is. Uh, so hopefully that will come soon. I'm pretty I'm pretty optimistic on that. Um, so, you know, turn your attention now to Q2 and starting up. I, I preface this, actually, as one of the ideas for a theme in the introduction to Q1. And just thinking about this era of disruption that we're in uh, and, of course, many challenges, but at the same time, as we know, looking at innovation theory, there's there's also a huge amount of opportunity. And looking back to the last, you know, huge crisis, and the economic crisis 2007 and 8, you know, startups then were Uber and Airbnb and many other very influential organizations, you know, big corporate entities in today's world. So I think, you know, it's a given that in this unprecedented time of disruption, that there are companies who are starting up right now that will be very much omnipresent parts of our life in the future. So I thought that was very worthwhile, this analysis into starting up and the general area of entrepreneurship. So I think, as is customary, just a very brief intro here on the three episodes that we have lined up, looking a little bit more in detail at the conversation with Malta Uh, And then in the next episode, uh, looking at, you know, catch up on some of the things that are going on here in Barcelona. Uh, And then in the final uh, episode, looking ahead to what's in the future for us uh, in the lab and, and other things with me personally. So lots to share as we go through. And today is Wednesday, the 26th of May, a beautiful sunny day here in Barcelona And the plan is, hopefully, uh, depending on Super Producer Rob, this may get out today or tomorrow, but we will follow up uh, with the second and third episodes in this theme of starting up next week and then the week after, right? So we've got these three episodes over the next three weeks, and we'll finish this theme before the middle of June. So um, I I think the interesting thing here is that there's really interesting perspectives. So I was thinking about how this could come together as a thread over the course of these three episodes. And we have a very interesting, you know, different perspectives, but I think very complementary. And as we go through the order here, we'll see some of the the connection points between each of them. And in this first conversation with Malta, he's an author and a researcher in innovation. The interesting thing also is that he's a background in design thinking. And as you know, if you're familiar with any of the previous episodes that we've had the last few years, or indeed my own work in, in the wellbeing space... Uh, and some of the things that we do in the Leadership Academy of Barcelona, you know that design thinking is a huge influence on what we do. Uh, and that's actually how Malta got in touch with me after having spent some time in my alma mater in Glasgow, at Strathclyde uh, University. So he's based in Hamburg, uh, and he is currently finishing, putting the finishing touches to his book, which is called The Mindful Startup. And he's also a researcher uh, and doing a PhD in the area of innovation, and a lot of these things that that provide that very rich context on entrepreneurship. So we think about, you know, this this, this connection between being mindful and being an entrepreneur, um, which maybe it it goes against the whole drive and passion of entrepreneurship, which is often about going a thousand miles per hour and just getting things done and being obsessed by growth. But the danger therein is that, you know, you lose that, that effect, that that power, that sustainability uh, that entrepreneurs need, right? It's, it's the long haul. It's being able to cope with the highs and the lows. And even the whole, you know, we think about the, the huge focus on mental health that we are seeing in today's world and, and, and about time. You know, of course, entrepreneurs will go through these very much, you know, emotional highs and lows. And it's very important to look after their mental health within that. So with Malta, we look... Some of those concepts, how we can, you know, balance entrepreneurship, you know, not lose that edge, but but still be a little bit more mindful and think about your well being. We then move on with uh, Yazad in looking at the corporate view on entrepreneurship. So he's worked many years in the human capital space. He's also uh, an ambassador for. Oracle startups, and so we have a fascinating discussion there on the corporate view and what we need in terms of starting up. And then finally, we talk to an early stage entrepreneur. So the final episode with Vlad, you know, we talk about his initial moves, very much in these first uh, the first year with his partner in in starting up uh, a new company within the mental health space, and he talks very openly about his own. Uh, issues uh, in, in his previous organisation with, with an experience on burnout, right? And thinking about and bringing it back to the conversation with Malta, how he can actually, you know, be, use that experience, use that experience to build something that is authentic and very powerful. So I think these are three really interesting episodes on this topic, uh, this theme of starting up, which is so fascinating for the world that we're in, right now. So I'm going to leave it like that. A very brief intro. I hope you enjoy this episode, episode 38, The Mindful Entrepreneur with Malta Cron. As ever, keep well and I'll see you next time. Bye bye for now. Ciao. Hi Malta, welcome to the Chief Wellbeing Officer podcast. So where are you in the world today?
1: Uh, hi Stephen, thanks for having me. First of all, um I'm currently in Hamburg and I'm actually at the University of Hamburg University of Technology today.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And we're working hard on your your PhD thesis, right?
1: That's it. And um so we use a lot of home, office, but um yeah, when I have whenever I have meetings, I I tend to go here because uh yeah, the internet connection is just more stable. <laughs> So yeah,
0: and, and I think if, even, you know, even my own time reflecting on university, it's always a safe haven, you know, and I think especially in these times, um, you know, universities are usually big places and and they're very stable and And, and I think we need that in, in the world today, right, and even just to have some feeling of security and safety and then I think from there, you know, good thinking comes as well, right?
1: That's, that's very true. Yeah. And I, I, I live with my uh, girlfriend, which I really enjoy, but like just sometimes to get out a little bit, get some new uh, like impressions and um, just get out of the door, gets you thinking in different ways. That's um, yeah. I, so, in the, in the harder phases where the lockdown was really uh, tight here in, in, in Germany, um, I tended to stay at home like the entire week. And I didn't even realize how much I missed to get out. So until the, the first day I went to office and I was like, wow, <laughs> that has some, such a profound impact on like the way I work. So I try to do it as, uh, as long as it's possible at the moment.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that links very well with our topic today that we're going to talk about on on mindfulness and entrepreneurship. Right. And actually how mindful we are on our daily behavior and how the, the species that we inhabit in our environment makes such a huge difference on that. So, you know, straight to the kind of the key concept, I guess, you know, why do entrepreneurs need to be more mindful?
1: <laughs> That's um, yeah, very, very obvious question. And um, um, To be honest, it's funny. I, I talked to um, a professor, one of the few professors whose research on the intersection. And he, he said, like, when I asked him the same question, he's like, it's, it's funny. So when you're in both worlds, when you know both worlds, it's so obvious that you almost don't need to talk about it. Um, whereas when like you're from the entrepreneur world, the mindfulness topic seems a little bit out there. And when you're from the mindfulness world, or maybe even the world of yoga, um, it seems a little bit, that's what he said, like almost dirty, And I understand what he means. Um, like seeing entrepreneurship as something really commercial or something. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 a little bit where I'm coming from but of course I thought about it a lot. Why do entrepreneurs to be uh, need to be more mindful um, so where I first made the decision to look at it closer was um, the experience of a friend of mine. Uh, I studied at the University of Strathclyde. we <laughs> already talked a little bit about it um, and we went through this venture creation um, yeah cup it was more like a game so you you went through the process you, You didn't have to create like a a business, but uh, eventually my friend, uh, he ended up doing that. And uh, we also lived together and I observed him a little bit and he was like super busy. So he was doing that next to his uh, studies and he's very successful. So he's a two times Forbes 30 under 30 alumni and um, very successful. That's what you usually read about him. What you don't see so much is like the struggles he had. So he really, at some point, and for what I'm doing at the moment and for the book, I did an interview with him. He started, uh, stopped sleeping properly. Um, he had bad, like worse eating habits. At some point, he even didn't went to the, like to the wedding of his brother. So um he neglected a lot about his personal well Um because you kind of, and that's my, what I see, you kind of get thrown into this, world of entrepreneurship and people get you like hyped up about it and it's a cool thing so i I live for it i'm doing a phd in innovation planning to start a business myself so i'm not saying it's not a very fulfilling and um can be a very fulfilling journey but i say we should be a little bit more sensitive sensitive also about the um difficult parts of it and how we educate entrepreneurs to meet these difficult parts of it, like the, the long working hours, depending yeah. on you if you're working in a team or not, probably isolation, fear of failure, um, financial insecurities. So there's a lot of challenges for your internal world that you, well, we don't learn that at school how to meet that. What do you say?
0: Absolutely i mean it, it's been it's been trying to confront that space or be comfortable with that space because if you give it space then a lot of these insecurities come in and a lot of entrepreneurs are driven by you know that that insecurity perhaps that, or that real need you know it could be different ways right different motivations and i'm sure you've you've maybe looked at the different motivations that entrepreneurs have but that drive that high level of drive and passion is is absolutely required but obviously they need to recognize an entrepreneurial education, as you say, was where Clyde actually, you know, very innovative in that whole area of entrepreneurial education to, you know, entrepreneurs, it's funny, you know, it's one of those things that could perhaps is innate, but that whole education part around entrepreneurship is fascinating, I, I, I think, to really formalize some of those, you know, innate kind of abilities. And, and I think being mindful confronting those issues really should be front and center, but getting to that issue of drive, you know, if you think about someone like Elon Musk, who famously just doesn't value the kind of need for sleep, let's say, and he's got such a, a, a drive and a passion in his mission about different parts and, and you know, inhabiting Mars and all these different things. And he's like, nah, sleep's not for me. You know, he's an outlier, I, I, I guess, but in terms of talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, you've got this case of, of, a, of a friend, as you said, which was the kind of founding kind of idea for you. I mean, is it hard for them to listen to say, no, 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 I haven't got time for mindfulness. I haven't got time to take care of myself. I'm too busy growing this and, and nurturing this idea. So how do you go over those hurdles?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I want to bring in a little model that I work with. It's quite a simple one. Uh, called the Three Systems Model of Effect uh, Regulation from Paul Gilbert. And so basically he proposes, since you mentioned this, this dr- drive that we have, um, it's a model, it's simplified, but I like it. I like thinking in these terms. So first we have the drive system, which is the one that motivates us, uh, which makes us activating resources. And it's like characterizing as, us as human beings. Of course, and we have always done that and made... Us survive as a species um, and then we also have the like the threat system which is this fight or flight response um, and you know, fear reactions and anxiety that's what uh, what's coming from there and uh, paul gilbert suggests when we are more in these systems um, certain health issues can um, result from that and then the third system is the soothing system and um, which is more related to things like being feeling. Being connected to other people, um, being relaxed, calming down. And um, so he works a lot with passion therapy or com- compassion based approaches. And what I see is that entrepreneurship, generally, as you said, is more about this drive system. And oftentimes you're confronted with uh, with threats and being anxious and that. And I think, yes, uh, Elon Musk is certainly a good example. I, I mean, I think he said, Uh, Nobody changed the world uh, with a 40 hour working week. Um, But I don't know if you are really able to get in balance with a 120 hour working week. So the thing with mindfulness, so many studies show that mindfulness practice is a very good tool to approach these kind of issues. So there's a lot of scientific evidence on that. It's less studied in the entrepreneurship field. So I have to build a little bit on, on assumptions and draw on conclusions from other fields. And uh, the thing with mindfulness is, I think you will always get extreme reactions. And there's a little anecdote I want to share. uh, Like I I had a conversation with a friend, and he's not too much in all this yoga and meditation and everything. But like with his girlfriend, they um, decided one day to do like a guided uh, yoga nidra. Like um, it's like a body scan and a little like a little journey, like a guided journey. And they did this thing, and during the night uh, his girlfriend she had the most horrible nightmares <laughs> and um, so her re- reaction was okay we'll never do that again hmm. and I think <laughs> so that, I think that's a pretty good way to illustrate this because developing this self-awareness and uh, looking inside and spending time with yourself is not always easy it confronts you with multiple um, sides of your personality of what's going on inside of you and um, there will always be extreme reactions so that's the one part and the other part is we also have to be a little bit you have to have a closer look at what an entrepreneur is so there are different phases so when you look at Elon Musk he's obviously running a business already but there are also different phase which you kind of get into this entrepreneurial journey where you probably um, meet people who are entrepreneurs and you get interested in that. And um, you kind of come up maybe with a business idea and you start talking to people who are involved in that. And um, the problem is, or the challenge is, um, the people who need it most are the ones who are already running entrepreneurs. And there you might get these um, extreme responses and that's okay. People decide for themselves. That's that's they have to take self responsibility and see if the, if it's the right thing for them. Um, but the people who are just entering into the process, and that's where I rather to uh, approach them, don't really know the necessity yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that Phases uh, view of looking at it is fascinating because even at the start of our conversation, when you were talking about asking you know, the, the professor on on both of those areas, you, you know, you could look at, you know, which comes first, you could, you, you know, you could be a, a highly driven entrepreneur, and you're trying to, you know, uh, incorporate practices regarding mindfulness to improve your entrepreneurial journey and, and and the growth of that, let's say, or you could be, you know, mindfulness practitioner, and what mindfulness does for us, as you said, with the experience that kind of unfortunate experience of, of this chap's girlfriend, and it surfaces trauma and stuff, but it allows you to search inside yourself. If we even take the kind of the name of the the, the Google program, right, of, of searching inside yourself, and really finding out what's there. And then also as a means of being more aware of the environment around you. And then what that does, you're able to pick up on kind of weak signals, you're able to pick up on needs. And then from there, it, it could be that you see an unsatisfied need, and, and you begin the entrepreneurial journey, right? So you know as you say if you're if you're starting out on that journey i think incorporating you know putting aside the fact if, if you're just you're, you know you being mindful lead you to be an entrepreneur if you are in the primary phases of entrepreneurship it's also being aware that it's it's the long run right so if you sacrifice your health nutrition sleep you don't have that connection mind body maybe you're not going to last very long, right? There could be exceptions. <laughs> but of course, we know that an entrepreneurial journey is about stamina. And, and maybe you get that stamina from passion uh, and drive alone. But coming back to your model, which I love, I think it's fantastic. And 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 we need simplicity in models for sure. Then that we need those three areas to, to enable us in the long run, right?
1: Yes, definitely. And I think that's a very interesting point that you make that's um, so... Yes, where where I'm coming from is so. How can mindfulness help entrepreneurs? But um, definitely, it's a like very intriguing thought. What's like what's doing mindfulness also for entrepreneurship? So how how do these two relate? I think it's a so that's what what gets me also the academic in me uh, like fascinated. So entrepreneurship is really about the future. What how do you create the future you want to be in? Right. So you're definitely not like satisfied with how things are at the moment and then mindfulness is by definition being in the present moment yeah so there's a bit of a paradox or uh in there uh however i think that's also leaving for innovation to create really something new
0: yeah absolutely i think you're right absolutely just thinking there on, on on those time frames right i mean you know, you could link, you know, mindfulness-based practice and and, and towards some element of visualization or, or, or just, you know, being comfortable with space uh, and, and and maybe it leads to that. But the whole thing that you just said there about what is the future that you want to see, it maybe leads us to the aspect of change-makers. So, you know, I was interested to see that you're interested in that specific type of entrepreneurship, which is maybe looking at social change. And we explored this area on the podcast last year um, with Alyssa, uh, Goldenberg of the Wellbeing Project. It was episode thirty-three. If anyone wants to listen into that one, it was the theme of community in Q4 of 2020. You know wh- why do we need to look at change makers within entrepreneurship, and and what other different different parts do we need to be aware of within change makers?
1: I love the notion of that. So actually, that's that's where I'm coming from. I uh, didn't mention that yet. I'm involved in a program which is called the University Innovation Fellows. And it's a Stanford uh, program. The, it's located at the D School in Stanford. So, what they do is they use design thinking, um, lean methods, uh, agile methods to, in a six week online training. So, it's, uh, it, it addresses students all around the world. And they are teams of students, uh, and they are educated as change makers at their campuses. So, the problem is not really about entrepreneurship per se so it's a big part of that but rather the the student teams um, are yeah educated and empowered to drive change at their campuses and here at hamburg university of technology i'm i'm a mentor for this program and i'm um, yeah very involved in that for the last three or four years and that's actually where my interest came from because so these students that's what they do they are not educated as, as entrepreneurs but rather as change makers. They um, make an impact here at campus, but that way they figure out that they can have an impact on their, on their environment. And um, there's also a book, I think it's Change by Design, uh, about the about, about the program, which shows, and they did studies uh, within the program that many, many students who ran through the program later on became entrepreneurs or so actual business founders. And um, I think, coming from that perspective of really finding some something that you want to change having a and developing a sense of purpose through that is very very important for me personally and um, i think that that's also very important for uh for the well-being part finding this purpose staying connected to that and that's that's me personally there may be other persons who look at entrepreneurship as you know uh it's all about unicorns and scaling technologies and that's okay. It's just not my pair of shoes. That's just not the, the kind of change makers I want to work with and empower.
0: Yeah. I mean, and design thinking is another, um, you know, thing that, that that connects us in terms of our background. And I think, you know, design thinking is entrepreneurial by, by its nature, right? It's, it's exploratory, it's broad-based. And a lot of design thinking does indeed look at social change and, and not just how we can design more stuff in the world, but how we can make a better world as well, right? And a lot of my colleagues in, in design, at, at both Stanford and Strathclyde, have moved into that space of social change. So I'm completely uh, on board with you. In terms of design thinking education, and even if you don't have that background, if you learn a little bit more about design thinking, what are the things that, that, that help you then with mindfulness and entrepreneurship what are the, the transferable skills between each of these areas what do you think
1: so how how design thinking links into uh, both of these worlds and in, in my work
0: yeah sure and, and and what you think is the value so if you if you know if you've got a mind, if you've got an entrepreneur or is wanted to be more mindful should we all look at design what are the things that we can take from design in terms of its utility and value
1: yes um, so For me, design thinking is really, um, so if I want to empower empower change makers, it's my my why. And um, by the means of entrepreneurship and and, um, mindfulness, then then design thinking is really my how. It's really how I work, how I look at things. And I totally love it because it's so fundamentally humans. It always starts by looking at humans, at, at human needs, with empathy which links so well with also um, if you think about mindfulness also as heartfulness and your uh, that also links to compassion so my uh, compassion and empathy that's that's so closely related and i'm, I'm really looking forward to explore this more but um, for me design and design thinking starts with that right every design thinking process starts with empathy and looking at people and not just that but also going along in the process it's always team-based and it's um for me like to get a little bit more spiritual it it can even be a spiritual practice because if you if you are in a brainstorming session and you have a certain idea which you kind of are proud of and you have to let it go uh, for Hmm. the means of um working with your teammates that's really about you know coming to terms with your ego and if we if i think if we do this right um it can have such a Um, unexplored effects on on the way how we work together and we interact with uh, with each other. The other thing though is that also in the world of thinking also links there that often human centeredness is more referred to as who do you develop the solutions for and I also see a lot of value of um, human centeredness on the makers themselves or the design thinkers or whatever you want to call it and um, empowering these practices with, for example, meditation techniques or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point there um, in terms of, you know, being a mindful entrepreneur is about just being aware of other people. And I think that's fundamental. Um, And I think you're right. Ego often gets in the way, um, of the entrepreneurial journey, perhaps right, and you know it's all about you know their drive, their mission, their their idea. But you know maybe to be successful, I'm not saying that you know you, you can be successful if you if you take the the, the less mindful approach. Um, there are many big value businesses out there, right, that have come from sheer passion and drive. But I don't know. I just think it's maybe perhaps more stable, but some really great reflections there. Let, let's take a, talk a little bit more about your own background, Malta. I'm fascinated by your martial arts background, first of all, um, on a simple level, because my son has been practicing Taekwondo for uh, about a year. He's only six, so we put him into baby tigers uh, and he's got <laughs> a white belt. He's got a white belt with an orange strip. Uh, <laughs> and, and I know that you you got to a very, very high level in martial arts um and, and so can you just tell us a little bit about that and and what that gave you in terms of the mind-body connection and, and how you apply that perhaps in your in your daily life now
1: um i will try <laughs> i thought about this like a lot so i started so six is really started at five i guess then um i started when i was 11 and it was just by coincidence so a, a friend just took me to a taekwondo class so I guess it's a good start just from my experience and it was just you know curiosity just going there and um but I was hooked I I really I really loved it before that, I tried a lot of stuff I played football which is the thing that you do when you're a guy in Germany but you know I was never really so passionate about it and um but martial arts somehow there was more for in it for me and i practiced for a couple of years and then i stopped for a couple of years when other things got more important <laughs> um but I, I eventually started again when i was uh, 16 or 17 and then i did um different styles of kung fu sh- trained with uh shaolin masters here in germany that was a really great opportunity and um, cup where uh Brazilian jiu-jitsu um so i I did all of that, and um, what did that do for me? I think it's it's really hard to grasp, because I think for most of my life I trained several times a week. At the moment now, my I have a daily practice for the for the last years, and um, as as we all have, I had difficult times. So I got bullied in school, and um, that was not easy. And obviously, things that happened in the family, but I somehow think that that I got a lot of self-confidence out of this. Um, and I got, without noticing it, I got t- tools to really c- confront myself uh, with things that are going on inside me and um, tools to cope with that. And I always I developed a certain connection, as you mentioned, with my body. And all of that happened, I think, in a very, rather unconscious manner until uh, the point that I started thinking about what is it doing for me. And um, so, yeah, so this, this, um, and when you do martial arts, naturally meditation also at some point comes into that. And this whole combination of using your body, which is just, for me, it's just such a gift, the the human body. And it kind of makes me a little bit sad that so many people neglect that. Um, So finding this connection and then also, do meditating like in, in a combination do this introspection and um getting more aware of your of your inner world and how do you how do you treat yourself so that was a big learning from the from my shaolin journey which is more about like controlling your body and that's what mm-hmm. I tried to do. Yeah. Um, it, it's really tough and you can grow through that but at some point I decided um it's it's not really about controlling my body it's more about coming to terms and working mm. with my body
0: yeah
1: and that's how i got into yoga then and i stopped completely tr- practicing martial arts <laughs> um but that's just a, like a, a personal thing because i i figured out probably the same analogy with entrepreneurship and, and meditation that i just needed a little bit more balance and rather again work with my body
0: yeah no, that's and, fascinating you know i think there's a lot in there in terms of Building resilience, um, acceptance, maybe as well, uh, an element of control. I mean, and even just being aware that that we have a body. And I think, especially in a busy working life, and, and for many entrepreneurs, you know, you simply forget. You simply forget that you have a body. You don't, you know, you don't take care of it. You're not aware of it. You're not, uh, you know, aware of how powerful it can be. And I'm not saying that you 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 become a black belt in Taekwondo like yourself, or you become a marathon runner like 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 me but you know it's just being aware of of the gift of the body right and and i've often thought about mindfulness over the years that in many ways it's called mindfulness but you know it starts with the, the physical right i mean if you if you think about your breath and if you think about uh, even the aspect of body scan and all these different things the physical is absolutely a huge part of that And we can't forget about it. You do that. You do. I'm fascinated to see that you do a daily handstand practice. Tell tell us a bit about that.
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's the. It's it's funny that you know that. (laughs) So you did your 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 research, I guess. Um, It's again one of the tools. So I keep on keep on exploring, and um, handstands is one of them. And it's actually one, probably also a bit of an experiment of um, habit building. Mm -hmm. So usually I keep my practice quite. So I set little goals, I work on that for a while, and then I do other things. But for Handsense, I wanted to know what happens if I really go uh, all in. <laughs> and, you know, just say, I do it every day. Uh, last year, I failed for three or four days. And funny enough, the reason for that is that I was so busy with my data collection uh, for the PhD that I simply forgot to do it. So at the end of the day, I was like, oh, I didn't do it. And yeah, so it's also a little bit of a mirror and it's just, it's just huge fun. And it's another yeah. really cool exploration tool. So it sounds really simple, stand on your hands. But um, so I think we, we ha- have, wouldn't to be have si- hey, a it
0: wouldn't be simple for me. I'll tell you that. Absolutely not. So, I mean, I, I guess some, some days you're more stable than others and you hold it. So what's the process? You go into it uh how long does it take you to 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 get into the handstands or just 10 seconds how long do you hold it for and what, what what's the details there i'm interested <laughs>
1: okay so if, if we ever meet in person i'll uh, we'll we we'll do a session <laughs> <laughs> that's always easier um yeah the, the, the first exercise that you actually do is um and you can do that later on it's super safe you just stand on your feet um very straight try to keep a straight line and close your eyes and, and then See how you balance constantly yeah. on your feet. You're not really standing, you're just very skilled at doing very fine balancing movements. Yes. And um that is what you try to learn on your hands, and that's why it takes so much practice because physically our hands are not made for this movement, and you but you have to learn it, right? Um, so that's um 10 seconds if you have quite good physical conditions and awareness for your body, and you follow a structured approach, you can do that in a couple of months, I guess, but it really, it really depends from person to person, and you need consistency. So then you start building strength in your wrists, you can start opening up your shoulders, so you get this nice uh, line. So we we say, we say line, and then you really practice, practice, practice um, to Get finer in your balance and that's i think a nice analogy um and a nice you know re-experiencing this learning something from scratch and i think apply it applies to so many things in life entrepreneurship meditation it's just it's about the practice yeah
0: yeah and i think there's so many things that you can take from that the metaphor of just having a different view perhaps or or that whole, that just that simple word of balance, uh, you know, I think it's, it's 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 incredibly, it's it's fascinating. I really do. Um, looking at different sectors, uh, Malta, um, yeah. you know, the pandemic has given rise to an increasing interest in in health. I mean, that was already there, but like many things in the pandemic, it's accelerated things that were already there, particularly mental health. And there's a lot of concern that the next wave or next pandemic will be associated with. With poor mental health, um, so health tech in terms of a sector is, is on fire. There's so much investment right now in that area. You'd like to think, right, that any any fast growth startup in the mental health area is taking care of their own mental health, but it's not a given. Absolutely, it could be a toxic workplace, and they're trying to you know improve people's mental health. Yeah, I clearly believe that would be the case in some. In, in, in some cases, have you seen anything in that space? Have you reflected on that on on the type of things that entrepreneurs are going for right now? What, what do you think?
1: uh So that's that's. Uh, so there are advantages to work at a university. So I get the entrepreneurs and change makers very early. Mm. And the disadvantage is I don't engage with so many actual uh, companies. So I I you know I I have my my LinkedIn network I. I, I, I read, but so I haven't engaged with any of the, the health startups yet, but I like the thought, like that that's um, and I also like, like your conclusion, so you you might think that, but often oftentimes it's not that, it really gets down to the intentionality if somebody can just create a health startup with the intention to make a lot of money, fair enough, and can be successful with that um, so I didn't have not a lot of experience with um I figured that Flat, who's also um doing a, a podcast with you, um, is doing like also a health startup. And we had a little chat beforehand. So we had a little chance. And he was quite interested about the um, about my approach and who knows, maybe we can do something together.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's you're right. And and this is the re, you know, one of the one of the great benefits, I think, and the synergy that we can have when we have a, a theme and a quarter and we have three guests and just the interactions between those three. So Absolutely, the conversation will continue uh, uh, over the, the the remaining two episodes in this theme, right? And with, as you say, with Vlad and also with with Yazad. So I'm really looking forward to 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 you know continuing that exploration. I mean, this could be a PhD thesis in its in its own right. I think if you just look at different stages of 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 growth within within startups and how. You know mental health is affected at different parts right and, and, and mindfulness uh, in general Let, let's go to the to the final question please so t- tell us a little bit more about the book i'm really interested to to see that coming out because i think visually it looks fantastic um you can see that you have a background in design that's very appealing uh, aesthetically um so what what's what's in that book you know a couple of models i guess that you're working on in terms of to guide entrepreneurs to be to more to be more mindful i would imagine for for one what else is in there
1: yes so um thank you very much first of all for the for the compliments and i'm also very fortunate to have people around me that help uh, support me my sister uh, and my girlfriend who made the illustrations so if you're doing that like um as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur, that always helps, <laughs> to have people around you who are willing to help. Um, so we covered some of the aspects. So some of the conversations I mentioned, so the, the, the book also covers some interviews and it basically has four parts. The first part is um, addressing the question, why is it important to we'll look at the combination in the first place? Then the second part um, looks at entrepreneurship and more this process view, and that it's not, they are not entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs, but it's it's a journey, and you know, needs and everything changes along this journey. And then the third part looks at mindfulness, what it is, um, what's the perspective in more like the Western perspective, what is the scientific evidence on it on its effects. And then the fourth part is really. Um, an exercise of creative confidence, how to take it from there? How could entrepreneurial mindfulness become a thing in the future? That be right. really integrated into the training and educational uh, world. And all along, I um, share exercises, again, I share interviews um, of people, mindfulness teachers, um, researchers, um, Rogelio, the entrepreneur, and people like. Um, innovation ecosystem builders so that's what it covers basically
0: yeah yeah no great and so so those interviews what's in what's some of the takeaways for for the listeners right now that could be valuable that you're finding from these interviews of of entrepreneurs
1: Um, so for entrepreneurs it's um, definitely and we talked about this that entrepreneurship is a marathon you rather should prepare for that marathon uh, from different perspectives so yes you want to grow a business but you also want to take care of your um, well-being habits right away And you want to um, develop the right self-awareness to identify where there are gaps uh, if you're uh, you want to manage your energy levels and you want to um, maintain social ties that um, help you to be more resilient when things are not going as they, as you think they they should and um, also try to maintain this sense of purpose yeah. and um as as your skills as an entrepreneur um you might also want to build skills as, to be a mindful entrepreneur so taking care and re- self-responsibility for yourself for your own well-being
0: absolutely great very valuable and when is it available malta when will it be available
1: um hopefully um so it's now with an editor and then i will you know at the the edits um, we will put it in the final layout and i hope um around summer late summer uh it should be available um, also on amazon and wherever you want to buy it <laughs> yeah
0: great well very best of luck with that and, and many thanks for your time and your insights today thanks for now bye-bye
1: thank you very much